rebound. Here is Fontenot. Fontenot gets the ball up. The shot is up. It's good! It's good! Fontenot hits a clutch shot with point four remaining. The game, they say the game is over, but there's still to be point four remaining on the clock. Fontenot is the hero in today's game if the score stands. Let's take a look one more time. A pleasant good morning to everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. As you were able to uh, see, Southern University, I guess, shocked the uh, HBCU world, defeating Jackson State 65-64 to in the uh, SWAT Women's 2023 Basketball Tournament semifinal game. That set to University to take on University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. That's today at 1 p.m. for the SWAC Tournament Championship. Here's the guest menu for the Carlos Brown Show. Of course, Charles Edmond joins me as always. Uh, following uh, Charles Edmond will be Coach Van Petaway. And then last but not least, it will be Willa Brown. Here's what's trending, simply trending, on the Coles Brown Show. Southern University women, Take down the number one seed, Jackson State Tigers, 65 to 64. As we see the footage again and uh, from a different angle, but uh, still the same results. Boy, Fontenot with a three-pointer to basically win the basketball game, but some other clutch uh, three-point shots. We'll get a little bit more into that basketball game. Wow. Southern University takes down the number one seed. Southern University spring football practice started this past week. Uh, some news of note. Uh, Southern University has a new quarterback coach. He's the famous Black College Hall of Famer, Willie Totten, now joining the Southern University staff as quarterback coach. The SWAC tournament finals are set. Southern and Arkansas Pine Bluff in the women's championship. On the men's side, Gramlin State University, who I picked to win it overall in the SWAC Tournament Championship, they'll face the simply the nemesis, Texas Southern University. We talked about them as a dangerous basketball team. They're in the finals once again. So that sets up an outstanding uh, doubleheader today in the SWAC Basketball Tournament. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Southern University men's team, uh, basketball team, eliminated once again. And uh, I have a lot to say about that, of course. And then last but not least, uh, a former uh, Prairie View football player went on to play in the NFL. Otis Teller uh, passed away, former Kansas City great and Prairie View football player. So, uh, he has journeyed from this life. That's what's trending here on the Carlos Brown Show. Joined now by Charles Edmund of the uh, Alcorn State Radio Network. And, uh, and I'm sure Charles is excited in a sense because basketball is continuing in the Southwest Athletic Conference. Uh, but for his number one seed Braves, they went down to a Texas Southern team. And Charles, I'll just tell you this, Texas Southern, my goodness. When it's tournament time, no matter if they start out poorly in conference, if they're leading the conference, they are 
always in the conversation. And once again, Johnny Jones, they just turn it up a notch when it's tournament time. But good morning to you, Charles. Good morning to you, Carlos. First of all, congratulations on your Jaguars. Who, who would have saw that coming? And uh, March Madness is officially here, number one. Um, no, number two, as much as I love being at home, I hate being at home at this time because normally we would be in the SWAC championship game. I'll be coming to you live from Birmingham. But, you know, hey, I think it's safe to say that Texas Southern is our kryptonite because we cannot beat this team in the SWAC tournament. Landon Bussey's 0-3 against Texas Southern in the SWAC tournament. As a sixth seed uh, in year one, losing to the three-seed Texas Southern, and then last year in the SWAC championship game and then in the first round, that one eight matchup, you know, and it, I didn't see it coming because Texas Southern had lost three in a row going in to the SWAC tournament, but they were healthy. And Landon Bussey warned us about Texas Southern being a dangerous team. And uh, they just, they just simply physically whipped us in the paint. Something that happened in last year's SWAC championship game. So it's the same old formula, the same old recipe. And uh, again, you know, and, and even despite all of that, you know, we still made a run. You know, Texas Southern had a 17-0 run in a five-minute span. That basically was the story of the game. We cut it to three, just like against Southern after being down 18, but we just couldn't make enough plays. Southern, uh, Texas Southern made enough free throws to kind of help pull away. So congratulations, Texas Southern, and I think it'll be a very fun and entertaining and physical men's championship game. But congratulations to the Lady Jaguars. That may be one of the biggest women's upsets we've seen in a long time. You know, I I, I thought UAPB and maybe Bama State would match up well with Jackson State. But but look, Southern clung to Jackson State like Velcro. 15 ties, 16 lead changes. They were not afraid of Jackson State in no shape, form, or fashion. I mean, to, to stay close to JSU throughout the whole game, I think, says a lot about Southern University and how they were able to elevate their game. So congratulations, Southern University. And I think it'll be a, an entertaining women's championship game. Well, you know, and, and it's interesting because I, I think this women's basketball team was confident because um, when they played them in the regular season, Charles, they, they played them pretty tough. And then toward the end, it kind of got away from them. But uh, uh, Fontenot, uh, Genovia Johnson with with one uh, big three to kind of start it off, and then Fontenot uh, with, with two threes. And, I mean, you're, you're down five with, what, 16, 15 seconds? Um, you're down you four with 12 seconds now. <clears throat> right. And then, and then, and then you, uh, you, you hit a big shot. Then you, uh, strategy-wise, you follow Jackson State. They missed a free throw, kind of set it up, and, and then Jackson State in full court pressure. But um, one pass in the front, no, she just took it down the length of the court and um, a hell of a shot. It was a hell of a shot. And, um, you know, it made ESPN um, the new center and everything. But um, it, it, it's just shocking in a way. But with that being said, you celebrate – quickly but what does what does it mean for now today you you kind of gotta uh celebrate but kind of forget that quickly because you you got a turnaround game at 1 p.m 
and uh, Coach Brown at UAPB, uh, they're playing very well, and you can't underestimate uh, UAPB. And, and then the last time that they met, wow, they took it to Southern University. So some um, some motivation both ways uh, for Southern University. And, and, and about, I guess, about 3.30, 4 o'clock, 3.30, 3.15 Central Standard Time, uh, the conference will crown a SWAC tournament champion for 2023. Yeah, and I, look, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I think for Don Brown, obviously, her first finals. For Coach Funches, obviously, as an assistant under Sandy Pugh, he's kind of been through this grind a little bit in, in, in the championship. So we'll we'll see. I think the key is, is going to be, you know, his experience. And I think for Southern University, I mean, last night they shocked me not only in the score, but for them to hit 10 threes. I mean, three-point shooting is something that, and against us, I remember they, they hit some threes, but is Southern known for their three-point shooting prowess? No. Um, but, hey, in the postseason, those type of things can and do happen, and Southern was on it from beyond the arc against Jackson State, and I think that caught Jackson State a, a little bit off guard there because, you know, you just don't think Southern can 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 hit that many threes, especially from beyond the arc. So I, I think that was one of the huge factors in the game and, and, and hey, you got to turn it around. I mean, you got to come off that emotional high, and then you got to turn it right around. We'll see how much gas Southern has in the tank emotionally because that was such a huge win. It made the social media rounds. It made ESPN and everybody the pats on the back. But you got to forget about that and get ready for that early game coming up here in a little bit and playing a UAPB team that, and I said it on the sports zone the other night, who was the dark horse team on the women's side? I said it was UAPB. And so, you know, they're they're playing with house money. Southern's playing with house money. Should be a fun women's championship game. On that note, we'll take our first time out of today's show. You're watching the Colos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. It's like a loot machine.
Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. If you just joined us, we were talking, me and Charles, about uh, Southern University takes down the number one seed, Jackson State, 65 to 64. So the tournament finals are set on the women's side. Number four seed, Southern University, takes on UAPB, number seven seed. How did they get there? Of course, Southern University defeated Jackson State 65-64. to And then in the quarterfinals, Southern University, and maybe this was a, uh, a hint, a clue to Southern University uh, getting to the championship. They destroyed Prairie View in the quarterfinals 64-37. to On the men's side, it's set. 
Number two seed, Grammar State University takes on the eight seed, Texas Southern University, but uh, probably one of the most dangerous eight seeds in recent memory. Uh, they took down the number one seed, Alcorn State, and um, and then Texas Southern took on an Alabama A&M team that, hey, took care of Southern University and uh, were behind at one point in that game. And then Grandma State, how they got there, of course, they defeated JSU uh, 78 to 69. So Alabama A&M, Jackson State, uh, gone home. But let me tell you, Jackson State, the future looks bright on the men's side. They did very well. Alabama A&M, first-year coach, did very well. Swept Southern on the men's side, faced them three straight times. They won three straight times. So that's where you said as far as uh, men's and women's tournament championship. Want to say good morning to everybody in the in the room uh, for the men's basketball team, Charles. Southern University lost by 14, 77 to 63. Now let the speculation begin. Opinions. We don't have any facts yet. But you text me and and, and you I, I will give you credit. You're gonna stick to the plan. You, you're gonna stick with it. But for this Southern University men's basketball team. Second consecutive year to get swept by a conference school basketball program. Last year was Grambling State. This year, Alabama A&M. If the conference regular season would end in January, of course, we know it doesn't. Jaguars, at minimum, co-regular season champions are winning outright. But unfortunately... The regular season ends in in uh, the first week of March. So February, for the last two years, has just been disastrous for Southern University. Just disastrous. So Coach Banks now, they'll have their, I guess, evaluation at the end of the basketball season. And for Southern University's men, it is the end of the basketball season. So in the chat room, what do you think? Do you think... Southern University makes a move and get away from Coach Woods. Kind of looked at his winning percentage. Okay, 59% winning percentage at Southern University. Five years. And if I believe what Coach Banks stated in the interview on, on the Carlos Brown show, he said in a five-year period, you should at least, it is reasonable to think and very valid that you at least can win one championship and be very competitive. And I'm throwing in even a couple of regular season uh, championships. They got close one year, but now you have to do what's best for the men's basketball program. And quite simply, the question will be, will Southern University, will they move on from Coach Woods? Charles, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think it's going to be some very difficult conversations and very difficult decisions that are going to have to be made. This A&M team, and you're right, they are on the rise. Jackson State's on the rise. The Landon Bussey and the Braves are going to be there. Um, mm -hmm. Where is Southern in this pecking order now? Now, we had this 
conversation back and forth is Southern close to the top, the middle, or the bottom. I think we can now say at the end of the season that Southern's probably trending downward a little bit. Um, you just saw Alabama A&M a few days ago in the last regular season game. And you turn right around a few days later and don't get it done again. I think that that means that there's has to be some serious conversations being had at this point. Um, just as a SWAC fan, knowing how good Southern was, they were at the top of the league. And for them to have this exit at this time to this team, Alabama A&M, and no, no disrespect to A&M at all. I mean, they, no, they're, they're playing well. They're playing well. Um, but I think for Southern, you've got to do some serious evaluation. And if there's one person that can evaluate a basketball program, it's a former basketball coach who's been on that sidelines. And we're talking about A.D. Roman Banks. So he's going to have to figure it out because right now I think a lot of people are jumping off the bandwagon. And as a fan of the SWAC myself and following Southern, it was disappointing. And just you just didn't see it. You, I saw some of the game. Southern just didn't have it. And that's just that that just can't happen. So I think as a former basketball coach in an AD, you know, Roman Banks is getting calls and texts to, from the Jaguar Nation. It's time to time to do something. What that's going to look like, I don't know. Could be a change. Could be a complete cleaning out of your assistant coaching staff. Um, I know a lot of people are probably saying it's time to move on. I think a game like the other night kind of showed that maybe and maybe Roman Banks has some compassion. I don't know. But I, I, it was clearly disappointing. There's no doubt about it. And is a change needed? Probably so. Um, and I was on the Sean Woods bandwagon up until the other night. I thought that was really disappointing, just the way that the season ended, considering you were number one in the league and you fall. And then you get knocked out by a team you just played a few days earlier. I think those those things, you know, call a bad look. And I just I just think something probably is going to happen. The question is what and when? Well, I'll, I'll say it. I look at the body of work, um, a 59% winning percentage at Southern University. And, and it's interesting, kind of in, in the group text message with uh, our colleague, uh, Brian Fulford, he's also on the Coach Sean Woods bandwagon. But if you look at the body of work, where what is your benchmarks? Have you met those benchmarks? And sometimes you have to have a just a a cold, calculated, and 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 I know emotion plays a part of it. And quite simply, if I'm the director of athletics at Southern University, I look at have my benchmarks uh, been met. I know there's other factors, uh, student graduation as far as the student athletes. Uh, in the program, you, you, you look at, at that. But at the end of the day, is this basketball program trending up? Is it trending downward? You said, or someone else said, is it the middle of the pack? I, I don't think the basketball program is in the middle of the pack, but it, it's not at the top where it should be. And again, you look at the last three years coming out of January they're leading the conference and for some reason 
February just have, have it's been disastrous. So taking all of the factors in play, if I'm the director of athletics, which I'm not, of course, I I thank Coach Sean Woods for what he's done, and we move to another direction. Now, if you make that decision, yeah, that's a chance. Well, you got to start over. But then I I look at what Coach Bussy has done coming in at all Corn State. The director of athletics made a decision. They went with it, and it proved to be a benefit. And what Coach Bussy has done at all Corn State on the men's basketball program. Yeah, Texas Southern is their kryptonite, but look what he's done in less time. Just my opinion, you know. But yeah. ultimately, it'll it'll be it'll be Coach Banks' decision, and I guess he'll uh, you know consult with his staff as well, and um, we'll we'll see what happens. I think it's a little bit different circumstance if you look at Southern's program before Sean Woods took over, compared to Alcorn's program when Coach Bussey took over. Our program was near the bottom. And in a short period of time, he elevated it to a six seed, then two regular season championships. You can probably answer this question better than me. Where was Southern's program prior to Sean Woods coming on board? Were they at the bottom? Were they a mid-team no. team? No. No. Um, coach Banks, he was a basketball coach. Now think about that. You think it was at the bottom? Nope, not with Coach Banks. Mm. Right, but continue, but continue, Charles. Okay, so when he when he left the program, what was their record? Where were they? Would you consider them a mid? I thought Southern was closer to the top with Coach Banks. He always had that team in contention. So now you you look at Sean Woods. His teams have been in contention through the first month of the season, only to fall off the map in the last two months of the season. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, is it is it time to scrub it? And as Wheeler Brown said last week, you just got to take you got to take your medicine and take some steps back. I think it's I think the way that it's ended, especially this year, might cause for a change to be made. But I think as a former basketball coach, he has to look at that all of that. Now, as far as his contract is concerned, I, I thought maybe he had another year after this. Is this it for his contract? I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last year. So but this is I it, will as far check as again. Yeah, um, I, I mean, Charles. Yeah. Now, based based on if you just talk to the alums and supporters and fans, their decision is crystal clear. But of course, they don't make those decisions. Once again, it'll be left up to uh, the athletic administration and specifically AD Banks. We can we can try to smooth it over. We can kind of shape it, the narrative, this way or, uh, or that way. The bottom line is I, I think when you trend down, you have a disastrous February. If it was one year, okay, that's one of those things that happened. But if we go back the year before, and we go back the year before that, that the trend shows that something is wrong. 
in February and the first week of March. Now we can speculate, we can give theories on what it what it is, but the bottom line is a choice will have to be made. Now I was kind of rough with uh, Coach Funches, but look how they battled back, and now they're in the championship game. Someone asked me, "Well, how do you feel about Funches?" Well, I, I know he got an extension a while back, but he deserves to be at Southern University next season. And the next season, and if they win a championship today, you got to go back in and reassess and then offer him an extension. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I would say, I would say if this is the last year of the deal, then there's an easy out for Southern University. That that makes the decision a lot easier. If there's another year left, then you know you can, if it's a university option and you mutually, you know, agree to part ways, then yeah, that makes it a little easier as well. So I I do think all the the energy and the synergy about it is there probably should be a change. Um, but again, I don't know what Roman Banks thinking is. He knows better than anyone as a former basketball coach. There, he knows what's going on in that program. There's a lot we don't know whether it was injuries, poor coaching, poor decisions, all that. It could be all of that. But I, I, I do think, though, the program, you could say now, is trending downward, especially after the other night, losing to Alabama and Emma team. You just saw a few days ago that you, you know what they have, what they don't have, and what you got to do to get to the next game. And that was really disappointing. You know, I didn't see a whole lot of energy out there. On, on the court as well. So I think, you know, you got to take a look at all of that. So it's, it's going to be a tough decision. And some would say it should be an easy decision. But as a director of athletics, former basketball coach there as well, it is going to be a tough decision either way it goes for Roman Banks. That is the $100,000 question. Will Coach Banks make the decision. That's what we will have to see. Um, Southern football spring practice, uh, other decisions. <laughs> <laughs> you look at Coach Dill and them, they've started uh, spring football practice. The biggest question is going to be who's going to come out the spring, the number one quarterback. Coach Dooley was asked, would that decision or could that decision be made? After spring, he said, absolutely. There you go, Coach Dooley. You don't have to wait to fall camp. Put off the stages. Pick a horse in the race and go with it. But it, it will be proven by competition. And the help in that quarterback uh, decision will be Willie Totten. Now, uh, quarterback coach at Southern University, he comes in with a lot of uh, football knowledge, of course. This quarterback on those great Mississippi Valley State football teams with uh, Jerry Rice. I can give my opinion. I think at the end of the day, I think Noah Bowden comes out number one. I could be totally wrong. Coach Doolin then will make that decision. Spring game, April 1st. We will see. Uh, Devin Cotton on the defensive line is back, although kind of limited as far as uh, the first couple of practices did most of condition work. 
uh, Coach Dooley and the Southern football team, uh, they're going to they're gonna get their 15 days in quickly. They're not going to split it like Southern has done in years past. You know, uh, the practice went around uh, spring break. But, hey, that's going to be the number one factor of many factors, Charles, with Southern University uh, football practice starting up. But my prediction, let's see if I'm, I'm right or wrong. I think Bowden comes out number one after the spring. Well, well first of all, about Willie Totten, congratulations to him. You know, uh, Valley, I think Willie Totten was trying to maybe be the next head coach at Mississippi Valley football. Didn't happen. He was a finalist to be Valley's athletic director. Didn't happen. He, he left Mississippi Valley. And for Coach Dooley to bring him in to, to share his expertise at the quarterback position, I think that shows a lot about Coach Dooley. You know, I think Willie Totten knows the position better than just about anybody. Uh, you could say, well, he came from Valley and all that. I know there's some people that are probably thinking that, you know, we got to get past that. Willie Totten's a good dude. He was a darn good quarterback in his day. And I think he knows the position. He's forgotten more about the position than most of us know. So I think I think to pick his brain is, is really, really, really good for Coach Dooley and that program. Um, for Coach Dooley to come out and say after the spring he's going to name quarterback, I think that's interesting um, because you only have limited you know work in the spring. You still got the summer and then you got fall camp. Um, interesting that he would say that he's going to announce it this early. I, I thought he probably would wait until maybe halfway through fall camp, just kind of let let it play out all the way through. But he's he's pulling the trigger. He's hey, he's making a decision. Um, I don't know who's gonna be, but I'm gonna take a wild guess, Carlos. And I'm not in that building. I'm not in that program. You read it more than me. You say Noah Bowden. I think he probably is number two. I don't know the kid's name. Who is the kid that uh, that's from Baton Rouge? Uh, Dylan. I got a practice on that last name. Metro Holtron. I'll practice on it. Um, transferred right. from uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, played locally in Baton Rouge Episcopal High. Interesting thing, did not take a snap in two years of, you know, in, in, in the regular game at University of Alabama, Birmingham, but definitely in the mix, Harold Blood. And look, we're making predictions, but it's going to be played out. Um, competition is a good thing. And out of the spring, he was asked, Coach Dooley, could there be a, a, a decision made? He said, absolutely. But let me put the butt in. I think he will do it, but I think it'll go down to very quickly after the spring game or doing at, right after the spring game, then a decision will be made. Yeah, I, I, I think my prediction – I think the UAB transfer, the kid from Baton Rouge, is going to be your quarterback. I, that's just, I think, from a court of public opinion and the PR spin on it, I think fans are going to clamor for that. And hey, no disrespect to Bowden, I saw him in person when when he, when, you know, when we played uh, Grambling when he was there. Um, I think he's going to be in the mix. I know you've always liked Harold Blood. You 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 like him, but I think. Considering this is year two, and I think Dooley's got to make a make an improvement, even though they made it to the SWAC championship game. It left a lot of bad taste in a lot of folks' mouths after that. 
especially at the quarterback position. I think that you're probably looking at that UAB transfer. If not game one, game two is probably going to be your quarterback because the fans are going to rally behind him because he is a local product. And it's, it's wrong for me to say that, but I think that's just where we are as fans. I know a lot of fans want to see productivity. It doesn't matter where they're from, where they came from. It doesn't matter. But I think in this case, in this case, I think, in my opinion, from afar, I think he's going to probably be your guy before it's all said and done. Nothing against Bowden, nothing against Blood. I just think he's going to be the guy. We'll see. Yep, we'll see. And I fit in that category. Competition, who wins it out? He could be from Timbuktu. Don't matter to me. Just my opinion. They've got uh, improvement in the quarterback room, in my humble opinion. So let's see how it plays out. Going to be interesting. Spring practice. Some coaches have told me that that's where championships are made or won in the spring. We shall see. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to get Coach Petaway's uh, perspective on uh, Charles' swag basketball tournament. His Alabama and the men's basketball team, hey, they're trending upward. Jackson State trending upward based on the tournament and we'll get his opinion his perspective on coach woods you know coaches they have a thick relationship but is it time is it time to look elsewhere then we'll add willa brown from a a athletic director's perspective oh boy this could be interesting i'm just going to sit back and enjoy the perspective (laughs) We'll take a time out. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Um, I get the now bar, please. One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Got it. Angus Beef Ballpark Frank, and you'll say, Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. This is the dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU diaspora, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Motivation. 
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. As you can see, the crew is here. I'll simply term uh, term it as the crew, Coach Van Petaway. Uh, good morning to you. Willa Brown, good, good afternoon to you. And you're in the Eastern Standard Time. Gentlemen. Good afternoon. And, of course, Charles Edmund. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is always an interesting uh uh, part of the show. Here's where I, I'll just take some um, take some notes, and uh, I'll go first to uh, Coach Petaway. Coach Petaway, the tournament in itself. How would you uh, uh, grade it so far up to this point? A plus. Uh, I, I think it's an out, it's been an outstanding tournament. Uh, the the league has shown its parity by by all these upsets. Um, it, it, it's great, man. These athletes have come out and performed. The coaches have done well. Uh, I'm I'm elated. I'm proud of what of the product that the SWAC has put on on the floor, and both men and women. And you know, coming into the tournament, a lot of people had already passed out the trophies before the games were ever played. But the games have to be decided <laughs> on the floor, and they're. The coaches who were not uh, ranked at the top, they're showing how much parity is in this league. You know, and that's interesting because I, I remember you a couple of shows ago said Texas Southern, a very dangerous yep. basketball team. Of course, yep. we know they started out slow, uh, injuries. But doggone it, when it's tournament time, it's you can't bet against Texas Southern and Coach Johnny Jones, number one seed on the men's side, they go down. On the women's side, the number one seed goes down. I guess this is one of the attributes of March Madness, guys. Anything can could, could happen and can happen. Now, let's get this out of the way quickly. Predictions on the women's side. Southern University and University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Coach Petaway, Will Brown, and Charles Edmund, who do you think gets the trophy at the end of the day? Well, I, I, I'm gonna go. I'll go first. I think uh, I like Southern. <clears throat> I like Southern. I think <clears throat> they're in the groove. They're playing well. So if I had, if I had to pick one, it would be Southern. Now let me let me follow up, uh, Coach Coach Petaway, and then I come to Willa Brown. Um, I, I, I'm I was excited. I got off the floor after the shot, the three point shot. I literally <laughs> dove dove on on the floor, and I'm in my fifties. That's not easy to get back up all the time, but I got up. Um, I'm kind of worried about, or should I be worried about, from an emotional standpoint, them getting ready for a UAB, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff team, they've got to quickly cut that out and get focused on, on this game because beating Jackson State, that was huge. Right. <clears throat> beating them was huge, but that also should have let those ladies know this is our tournament. <clears throat> we just eliminated the number one team that everybody had uh, going coming into this tournament. We just eliminated them. This is our tournament. You don't, you don't have to look down at your op opponent. You just play at the same level 
that that you play that to eliminate the number one seed. So I, I look at it as motivation. I, I, I look at it as a confidence builder. That's how I would look approach it. And I'm quite sure yeah. coaches is, is I'm quite sure uh Carlos is uh Fontes is doing the same thing, same way. Yeah. Willa Brown. <laughs> former <laughs> guy knows something about basketball <laughs> as well. Prediction on the women's side. I'm going to have to go with Coach Petaway on that one. I, I, I think I think Southern are, are bringing it on home. I, yeah. I think once you have gotten to the point where they are right now and, uh, you know, with a big win, uh, even though it's at the buzzer, you know, people can say what they want to say, luck or what have you. I, I think the momentum from that, kind of carries you the rest of the way. And, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about the kids being overconfident or thinking that things are over or anything like that. It's a great motivational tool for the coach to use. But uh, I, I think it's Southern from, from here on out. Now, what you're going to have is some of uh, some procrastinators who are going to be upset now because Jackson State probably won't go to the NCAAs. I mean, they're probably go to the NIT because that's the consolation prize for the regular season champ. So you may hear some people uh, piss and moan about the best team from the SWAC uh, not getting into the NCAAs. But for me, that's that's the beauty of, you know, tournament play, that sort of thing. And to me, that's what it's all about. Whoever gets the hot hand at the right time, they're, they're the ones that brings it home. Well, you know, that's interesting. I have to be consistent. I, you're looking at one of those guys who would be happy with just sending the regular season champion, but that's not the case. So in a democracy somewhat, you have to go with the majority. And with that being said, yeah, Jackson State, WNIT, um, I wonder if they will host a game or will they be on the road? We shall see. Charles is shaking his head. Charles, I think some of you have rubbed off on me, but uh, Alcorn, NIT, <laughs> on, on, on the road. So Jackson State, w, uh, the women's uh, NIT on the road. Barrett? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think <clears throat> when you look at, you know, even though they did well in conference, and the commissioner talked about this when I interviewed him, Jackson State's struggled a little bit in non-conference and I think those type of things hurt you in March and this is a conversation that we've had forever what you do in December or not do comes back to get you in March we don't think about it at the time but I've always screamed and preached hey we have to do better as a conference in November and December because it does impact you in terms of where you go in your seating as a conference come March so as they say, the chickens are coming home to roost on that, even though Jackson was dominant in conference. They struggle in our conference. So I do think they'll be playing on the road um, in, in the NIT. Um, my prediction, I, I think this game's going to come down to coaching a little bit. Coach Funches working under Sandy Pugh, even though it's been some time ago, I think that experience matters. And I'm going to give an edge to Southern University in this game. I mean, yes, they beat, they, they slayed the dragon. If you had told me a week ago that Southern would be in the finals, I never would have believed it. I thought that UAPB Lady Lions would be a dark horse team. 
I said the other day that they probably going to upset A&M, and they did. Um, and so I, I congratulations to Don Brown in getting there. But I just something tells me that the Jaguars in this game are going to win this game. I think you slay the dragon. You feel confident. But from an emotional and energy standpoint, they've got to be able to do it again. You know, and that was probably the biggest win in Southern basketball history in terms of the swag. You know, beating a team that looked unbeatable, but now you got to do it again, and I, I think they will. I, it'll, I think it'll be a very close game, but I, if it's a slow scoring game, I think Southern will win. UAPB's got the bigs with Pete, mm-hmm. and they got some really good backcourt players. They're gonna push tempo, and if they do that, I think they'll win. But if I had to make a bet, I'm gonna put my money on Southern University to win this game. You know, college athletics is. A beautiful game. College basketball is a beautiful game. On any given night, you can you can lose a ball game. You can win it. And for Southern University, what they've done, we'll come back to our discussion on the coaches and get your opinion on uh, Coach Fonchez and Coach Woods. Now I'm gonna switch to the men's uh, side. You got GSU and Texas Southern University. I, I picked Grandma State to win it all, but my I, I, I'm, my prediction may go down. I mean, Grandma State's playing well, but my goodness, Texas Southern. Coach Petaway talked about a very dangerous team. I would not be surprised if Texas Southern hoists the trophy again, Coach Petaway, but, well, and this, they would well, have I, to win it on the court. Right. Well, here's my reservation. What is Walker's status? You know, he only played five minutes in that ball game because of an incident on the sideline. He went yeah. to the locker room and eventually came back to the bench. So what is his status? Texas Southern cannot beat Gramlin without Walker. If they're going to have a chance, they got to have a full squad. Now, let's say he does play. Well, whatever, what, whatever triggered his reaction – has that been settled internally on the team? Mm, because it, it, it was a it, it was a team thing. So if you got turmoil on the team, the coaches make the decision that yeah we're gonna let him play. But what about his teammates? Do they feel the same mm. way? So see, there, there's there's a lot at stake right now, and and because of that, I'm gonna have to go with Gramlin. Even though Texas Southern is playing well, Gramlin has played harder than any team. That's here now, right now. In this tournament, yeah, their first game was amazing. They jumped out. They started that game with so much intensity. It's unreal. Now, yesterday, no, they did not. Texas Southern came out of here and punched them in the mouth. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not Texas Southern. They got punched in the mouth, but they responded to Jackson State. They responded. But because of the unknown, I'm going to have to go with uh, Gramlin on the men's side. Wheeler? Uh, This is where Coach uh, Federway and I are going to disagree. I'm going to go with Texas. (laughs) And, you know, I'm going with with pedigree on this one. Right. You know. Uh, they're used to being there. They've been there uh, numerous times, and 
you know, feel like they're supposed to be there on a regular basis. And, you know, sometimes those are the little nuances that you need in terms of carrying you over, over the top. You know, Texas Southern historically has a history back when, when Mike was coaching, you know, that, you know, they were always hovering around the top or, you know, right there near the top sort of thing. And so I, I think there's that feeling that they belong there. And since they've gotten this far, I, I think it may be enough to to kind of carry them over the top. But uh, like like Coach said, there's so many intangibles there that, that's involved. Uh, definitely not a betting man because I think, you know, those those dollars could flow either way and you could come out on yeah. the end of the street if, if, if you're not careful. But uh, I, just, I just think Texas Southern carries it over the top. Man, I I can see both points on your predictions. I, 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 I Charles, I'm, I I I don't know. I I, I picked Grambling State, but why am I, I kind of nervous about my prediction? Charles, who you have? Well, now now that my team is eliminated, I can put my other hat on, which is my Grambling hat, because I'm a Grambling Knight, and I have just been a big fan of Dante Jackson. I'm just a big fan of Dante Jackson since he's been there. That that team won the regular season when they were ineligible to even go to the postseason. Um, But, you know, Grambling had a little turmoil to start. Now, one of their players was suspended due to an off-campus incident before the tournament. It made the news, and Mm -hmm. I thought, how is that going to impact Grambling? Well, it hasn't. I think uh, Jackson State, you got to give them a lot of credit for for playing hard and, and being in the game with uh with Grambling, but you know, Grambling was the better team. Um Grambling's on a roll right now. The last yeah. loss that they had was to Alcorn. And it was a game that they had a chance to win there. Their best player, Christian, had three free throws with nine seconds left. He missed them all at home. So Grambling's on a roll right now. But I tell you what, Texas Southern, as they say, you never estimate a heart of a champion. Texas Southern very well might not have been in the top eight at all, but for them to start out 0 and five for them to climb back, for them to make the tournament as the eight seed. They lost three in a row to end the regular season. And then for them to be in the tournament, they're playing with house money. Um, yeah. But if I had to bet, I'm going to go with Grambling. I just think they're playing too well. And if John Walker the third is not available and limited availability, I agree with Coach Petaway. I've seen that team yep. three times now. John Walker the third is a beast in the paint. Okay. And as well as Jordan Carl Nicholas. Without John Walker, without Walker, I think it's going to be really tough for Texas Southern. But I'm going with Grambling. I think Grambling's on a roll, even though we've seen upsets already in this tournament. I mean, it wouldn't be a total surprise if TSU comes out. But I think right now, I think Grambling's the better team. They're the more comfortable team. They're just on a roll right now. I'm going, I'm going with Grambling to hoist the, hoist the trophy. And, you know, the interesting thing is you can always say, well, whoever gets off to a good start. We've seen in several games teams um, jump out to a big lead or comfortably, and then you see teams come back. Right. And so I, I was about to say Grandma State probably wants to come out in a one-two combination, but, boy, how do you respond to a punch? And I've seen that in this tournament so far, teams uh, resilient, the resilience and they come back. So it, it is going to be very interesting to, to see what happens in uh, this SWAC tournament championship. Uh, but it's been some, uh, I, 
I've enjoyed it. It's been some some excellent games uh, being played in, in the tournament. Now, with that being said, let me turn again. Coach Penaway, Coach yes. Woods at, at, at Southern University, your Alabama and them basketball team defeated Southern three times in the season. That's the second time in consecutive season that Southern's been swept. Um, I was being facetious earlier. I said if the conference ended in January, Southern would be least co-champions or champions. But in February, it has just been disastrous. What do you think happens? I'm just asking for your, your opinion and perspective. And then I'm going to get uh, Willa Brown from the athletic director's perspective. But from a coaching perspective, Coach Pettaway, you kind of got a feel for Coach Woods. Well, yeah, I, I do. You know, he, I, I like Coach Woods, but uh, this is a, a very tough uh, situation. Um, when you say A&M swept them three, uh, won all three games, a lot of times it's, it's because of matchups, and, and that's what mm-hmm. happened in this case. Southern uh, Alabama A&M has their number because of the matchups. They, they just do better against Southern, and Alabama A&M can't take that same – they can't take that same formula and beat other teams. So sometimes it comes down to matchups. I remember when um, Arkansas Pine Bluff ended up getting that that one group. I used to own Pine Bluff until mm-hmm. they got a group of athletes together. And in those four years, those kids came on out on top against me, and it was because of matchups. I couldn't match up with their – I couldn't match up with, with, with four, uh, the four and the three spot on that team. And therefore, I, I lost to them because of that. Southern could not match up with Alabama a and That's all. It, it's matchups. That, that's mm-hmm. the difference. But as far as what, what should happen, you know, I, I'm, I've been in that seat. I've, I've been a coach. I will never say a coach needs to lose their job. I won't say anybody needs to lose their job. But – because of the nature of the beast, yes, something probably is going to happen. Uh, when they did not give him an extension last year, I knew that there was a reason for that. Uh, remember at last year's tournament, I came in and offered them a spot in the CIT. Right, and yeah. AD, and A.D. Banks didn't accept it. He didn't accept it. I knew something was wrong then. I said, okay, they did not want – Sean, now I'm not saying it's A.D. Banks now, but they did not want Coach Woods in the postseason, even though Mm -hmm. the university had been invited because I extended the invitation. I knew that something was wrong then. And and I think uh, when Coach Woods didn't get an extension last year, he knew he had to win this year. Now, what they consider winning – yeah, bitch part. Yeah, hopefully they sat down and they put some goals in place or some milestones for him to reach. And that's normally how it's done. I know it, that's how it was done with me. You know, they they was they would just sit down at the end of the season and say, we want to see this improve or that improve, or can we do this? And and that's what we did. Yeah. So you know, I, I don't so to answer your question, I hope he gets another year. But it, in my opinion, it doesn't look like he's going to get one. 
Yeah, well, uh, last week, uh, Willa Brown kind of talked about either going all in or not. And a one-year extension, um, it's not good in, in a way. But, Willa, you're, you're in the position. We're putting you in the position. Um, where do you go with this? I, I know it's a tough situation. Well, I, I, I think it's, it's two trains of thought here. Uh, winning trumps all at the end of the day. Uh, uh, and question becomes, had he met that particular matrix in terms of expectation? You know, now, you know, you're going to throw in things like retention rate, graduation rate, uh, you know, all the things that go along with that character with the kids and, you know, things of that nature. Uh, winning would have helped any shortcomings in those other areas. Unfortunately, those other areas are not going to make up for the lack of winning. So while we sit here and say that, you know, we got all these things that we're grading him by, that sort of thing. At the end of the day, it's WNLs and championships, uh, ultimately, that he is going to be graded on. My question is, was the bar set so high coming in the door that he could not have possibly reached that height? Okay. Because the expectations were so high coming in. And we know Southern, you know, we know the Southern faithful and what's expected and the whole nine yards with that. And I, and I understand that. But was the bar set so high coming in the door that nothing but three championships out of the last five years would have gotten him over the hump? Or three championship game appearances or three postseason appearances out of the last five years? Would that have been the matrix that would have kind of carried him over the top? That sort of thing. Uh, I think him losing early didn't help matters any. And maybe Coach Banks was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt by waiting and seeing uh, what what would happen uh, this year or, or to you know towards the end of this year. And by them bowing out early. It really kind of validated why he didn't give him an extension early on. So I think the handwriting was was pretty much on the wall. But like I said, my thing is, was the bar set too high from the beginning? You know, was was this a situation where we could have reasonably expected him to do well, not only right away, but a, a sustainment of the success year in and year out. What was the goal on a yearly basis? You know, was the goal to get to the semifinals of the, of the conference tournament year in and year out? Was the goal to, you know, be in the upper third of the conference every year, you know, from, from a men's basketball point of view? And, you know, did he or, or did he have the resources necessary to reach those heights? Uh, was that a little bit too much for him to reach for, or was everybody looking at the 
ain't gonna say the myth of Sean Woods, but uh, uh, the mystical being that is Sean Woods, and you know the history of Sean Woods, and so forth and so on. And you know he did it at Valley with nothing. Uh, here we have him at Southern with almost the most of everything, and you know so we're expecting what happened at Valley pretty much on a year-in, year-out basis. So it's it's uh it's a catch twenty-two. But I mean, you know, if, if I'm sitting in the AD's chair right now, it's hard for me to extend him. No knock against Coach Woods. I think he's a fine guy, that sort of thing. We're just talking strictly basketball, strictly athletics here, uh, strictly off of the resume that I see right now. It would be hard for me to extend him right now. But the question becomes, is there somebody else out there better that can help me reach the heights that I need to reach? Or am I rolling the dice once again, trying to find lightning in a bottle somewhere, that sort of thing? So the question is, does Coach Banks have somebody in mind that he thinks that can come in and make the transition smooth? So as Charles Edmonds says, you're not taking two steps back in order to move forward. And uh, so that's, that, that becomes the question. What is the plan moving forward? Do I have somebody right. that I want to bring in? Do I have some names in mind? Do I have a short list? You know, and can those people on that short list take me to where I need to go in a reasonable amount of time? Because at the end of the day, Coach Woods is Coach Banks' hire. So mm-hmm. they tied to the hip on this one. You know, right. and, you know, when you, I ain't going to say you when you make a mistake, but, you know, when things don't work out and this was your hire, you know, there's only two ways you can go. You can try to divorce it as quickly as possible, okay, or you go all in. Okay, and he's tied to your hip, and, you know, you're going to ride or die. We're going to ride this thing out and take it where it needs to go, that sort of thing. So I think Coach Banks is kind of like in no man's land right now. I'm hoping that he's got a short list out there somewhere and that should he be prepared to uh, make the move and let Coach Woods go, then he's ready to expedite this process as, as quickly as possible. He's got some quality names out there, got some quality people that he believe can come in and uh, and do this thing for him because, you know, quite frankly, okay, we talk about Coach Woods being on the clock, and this is Wheeler Brown talking now, okay? When you, when you're, when you, when your hires and your major sports don't work out, your AD mm-hmm. goes on the clock also. Right. So and you, you, that's, that's a great point. That's a, that's more than one seat. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. And and uh, Carlos, because I, I mm-hmm. do have to go. Let me just say this: this mm-hmm. year, there will be no CIT, so there there will be no bids extended. Last year, we had four different teams that refused out the bids. So this year, that they, they're taking a year off. So there will be no SWAC teams in the CIT because there will not be a CIT. And okay. I got 45 minutes before tip-off, and I do have to get prepared for, oh, okay. for this, the ladies' game. 
right. Thank you. I understand. And, uh, okay, thank you, and, and and I'll be back uh next week. You all have yes, a great sir. day. All right, we appreciate you. And um that was Coach uh, Van Petaway here on the Carlos Brown Show. Um Brian Fulford, I'm got to give credit when you quote your source. Um, Brian Fulford, a colleague, Black College Sports Network, the ONG Strike Zone. He he, he brought up this information. Woods and Conference, uh, winning percentage at Valley, 61%. At Moorhead State, 60%. Southern University, 59%. So he's winning right at 60% clip. But with that being said, again, here's that but. Uh, you know, Southern's uh, motto is Southern is the standard. We know how Southern's fan base and, and, and Jackson State in the same barrel, I think. You know, it, it's tough to be an AD there. It's tough to be a coach, but I'm sure it's like that everywhere. But especially at those two forementioned uh, universities. Uh, Coach Petaway brought up some good points. Willa Brown brought up some good points, Charles. At the end of the day, it's, it's going to be Coach Banks' decision. And he's got to nail this decision. Either way, if they moved uh, on from Coach Woods and, and go to another uh, coach, his short list. Now, names have been just circulating. All over. You want you want to hear? And I'm, I'm just saying from fa a fan's perspective, I'll give you two names. Well, I'll give you one. Well, I'll give you two. Avery Johnson, Southern alum. I Put it this way. If Southern decides to move in that direction, at least consult with Avery Johnson. He'd have to tell me no. But then he, he could recommend somebody in his humble opinion. Then you have a uh, coaching legend on the high school level. Carlos Sample played at Southern University, led the Jaguars, numerous state titles. That's on the high school level. But again, those are just two names that you hear people talk about. For me, if that decision is made, I think you keep an open book. Those who are interested, talk to those who are expertise in the in the field and see what they think. Willer, then Charles. What I just said, Willer, I I I, I don't know. It seemed like your expression was on your face. It was like I I don't know about that. I I say. The common denominator for you, Carlos, seemed like, you know, they were alums of Southern University. And Don't have to be. Don't have to be, though. I, okay, but I think that only carries you so far. Mm -hmm. And I think it only carries you a short distance. And I think it only keeps the heat off of you for a short period of time. You know, you win the press conference. You know, which is what, you know, ADs talk about that sort of thing and stuff. Can I win the press conference? That's number one. So, yeah, those guys right there will help you win the, the press conference. 
But now, when the rubber meets the road, can they get it done? Yeah, and can they get it done in a specified time frame? Hey, because once again, now you you as the AD, you'll see this hot too, you know. Mm-hmm. And while conventional wisdom would say, well, you know, it's a new coach, gonna take them two three years to get up to speed and all that sort of thing. You really don't have that kind of time. No five you years know, anymore, huh? Yeah, but you really don't have that kind of time. You know, you need somebody that you can envision coming in and really, I ain't going to say win you a championship in year one, but that can make you very, very competitive off the bat, you know, and that can get you in the hunt in a relatively short period of time. And so you have to kind of ask yourself the question, can the two guys that you just mentioned, can they, can they do that for you? You know, or is there going to be a, a learning curve or a growing curve, you know, for the both of them in terms of coming back home, quote unquote, uh, you know, to get their, get their feet wet and, you know, get their bearings up under them because it's not the same Southern that they left years and years ago, you know. And, yeah, I've always said that, you know, this going back to work for your alma mater thing it can kind of be for the birds at the, at the <laughs> end of the day it's not exactly and I'm speaking from <laughs> I'm speaking from experience on this one you know it's not exactly all that is cracked up to be you know you find that you know your your worst critics are those that you know you went to school with or you know, your your alums at your institution, that sort of thing, because they're holding you to a much higher standard than they would anybody else that would come through the door. And they're expecting you to walk on water, you know, and, and turn water into wine, you know, the whole nine yards with that, you know, come, coming in the door. And sometimes that expectation is really unrealistic, regardless of, you know, where the coach went to school or, you know, things of that nature. So, there's a lot of pressure with being an alum and coming back. And especially if you were the kind of alum that really did well, you know, at, at that particular school, you know, so it can, it can, you know, it, it can be some pressure that can, can kind of get to you on, on that end. In other words, Charles, I think it's best to, to hire in their perspective, the best person for the job uh, best fit and that doesn't necessarily have to be someone uh, with uh, southern ties you just want the best person for the job yeah and I look at I look at Landon Bussey as a classic example he's not an Alkanite he was mm-hmm. the number one assistant at Preview for, for five years and so he's familiar with the SWAC landscape and of course, he won three regular season champions. He was a part of a staff that won three regular season championships in a row at Preview. So he knew what the SWAC landscape looked like. So that was kind of an out-of-the-box hire for us. But you know, I think for Wheeler Brown, what he said is interesting too, as far as being an AD seat. And I've been told this by various ADs. When you're an athletic director in Wheeler Brown, you can confirm this. You got to roll the decks of names. Just in case, because you never know when you're going to lose a coach one way or the other, whether a coach leaves, whether you you just never know, you know, family issues or whatever the case, you got to be prepared 
to pull to pull the trigger if your coach leaves for whatever reason, whether you get rid of him, whether he moves on, family issues, whatever. So I guarantee you, Roman Banks has a Rolodex of names for every single sport in, under him in terms of if that coach leaves, including, and of course, men's basketball. You know, so he's he's got some names out there that he's got in his back pocket. And the question is, if his administration, uh, and, I, and this is my guess, Carlos, you, you know politics ever better than me. I think the administration is going to lean more on Roman Banks on this one because he's a former basketball coach. Now, you know, maybe the president is getting some heat from boosters in the Jaguar Nation to say, hey, we need to go ahead and make a move, and he's got to do that. But I think they're going to lean on him being a former basketball coach to, to really get the pulse of where this program is. And if he's skittish about it, then then something's going to probably happen here. Um, so I think for Roman Banks, I think there's a little heat on him in this hire because he's a former basketball coach at Southern University. The Sean Woods thing hasn't gone the way that everyone expected. But I think as an AD, you get a couple of cracks at the apple. So if this didn't work out, you'll get another crack. And if this one doesn't work, then the heat, like you said, Mr. Brown, is going to be on him, especially being a former basketball coach himself. So number one, will the decision be made to move on? Number two, you got to get this one more right than you got the last one. And yeah, I love to see Avery Johnson. I would love to see Carlos Sample. But the question is, having experience on this level, does it automatically transcend into immediate results? Because there is going to be a learning curve. Kids are going to transfer out. You know, you, you got to get up, up to speed on the whole recruiting thing and all the rules behind that. Yes, there will be talent coming in, but it, will it all fit to where you can pick up right where you left off in terms of being in the hunt? I do think there's going to be some steps back. The question is, how many? Is it going to be two, three? Southern right now, top four team, top five team. Do you fall into a... A, a bottom four team or a seven seed before you move up? Do people have that kind of patience? I don't think so. So I think there's a lot on the table for A.D. Roman Banks to consider. Some of it is not necessarily his call. I think if this president and chancellor says make the move, he might, he might not have time to think about it, but other than to make the move. But I do think, in my opinion, from the outside, they're going to lean on his expertise being a former basketball coach. What do you think? What do you see in the program? And if he looks and sounds skittish about it, then I think something will be done. But I think it's a very difficult decision. And nonetheless, he's got to get this one right either way. If he sticks with Coach Woods, it's got to be a turnaround. If he goes with another coach, it's got to work. Because you only get a couple of cracks at the apple as an AD in the major sports in terms of hiring coaches. You know, you brought in Coach Dooley, um, and that's so far so good, but Sean Woods is not. It hasn't so far, regardless of the case, whether he keeps them or whether he moves on, the next the next step's got to work. You know, and, and as Wheeler Brown said, the pressure will be on him as an AD. And then that brings in a whole nother set of discussions. And Carlos, well, I'd like to, add, I'd like, I'd like to yeah. add to what Charles said. Uh, what's, what's the process? You know, you know at, at, at our HBCUs, you know, you got to have a committee and a committee for the committee and a committee after that committee, that sort of thing. And, you know, can you can can you expedite 
this this process, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, because you can't wait, you know, if if Coach Banks is going to make a move, then he needs to be by this Monday or so, you know, making making that move in terms of letting Coach Woods know, you know, what's transpiring, that sort of thing. But, you know, he needs to be on the fast track, you know, so that I'm going to say probably by mid-April, you know, he needs to have somebody – uh, uh, ready to, to come through that door and let's keep things, let's keep things moving, you know, but if you got the former committee and then another committee after that, and you know, uh, uh, you know, then you got the way what the committee says and all that sort of thing. And, you know, then, you know, you need to find out how the president feels about things and, you know, somehow you got to expedite this process and, you know, let it be known that look, you know, we're, we're under the gun here. You know, we're trying not to take too many steps backwards. And the longer that you guys uh, have for me in terms of, you know, allowing the process to drag itself out, the further behind we get. You know, and so that's that's something that, you know, needs to be put out there first and foremost. I mean, you know, the process is what the process is. And you know nobody knows that you know better better than better than you guys. But you know somehow it's gotta be expedited if that's gonna be the case to get somebody in that's gonna be able to do some things uh, in a in a short period of time. Now it's interesting. If I may add to it real quick, I was on a committee. I was on a coach's committee uh, for a football coach many years ago. And when I tell you it's an in-depth process, it is a process. You got a bunch mm-hmm. of resumes. In front of you you got a checklist of what the qualifications are. Do they have this degree? Do they have that degree? And you got to scratch names off the list. That is not a, you got a committee of 12 or 13. Uh, it is a process. So if you're talking about a committee and that's one thing. Now, if it's going to be left up to AD Banks to make that call, it may be a little bit more on the fast track. But when you're talking about a committee, as Wheeler Brown said, it, it is not because it's going to be attitudes. There, there are people going to be in their feelings about stuff, even though you got to look at the qualifications and go straight down the line with it. It is not an easy thing, and it is time-consuming. So I don't know if, if Southern is going to do that. and I don't know if committees still exist on some of these positions, but I was on a committee at Alcorn for a football coach way back when. I was an alternate. I was an alternate, but I was still a part of the process just in case somebody couldn't couldn't continue on, then I would be on the committee. And I can tell you, it is an in-depth process and there's nothing easy about it. Very, very detailed. And you got to take your feelings out of it and look at what's black and white, what's on paper, what's the qualifications, does he have it, does he have a master's degree, whatever. I mean, all the experience, you're looking at resumes. And so it, it's not an easy process. I don't know if that's the case or not, but you, you talk about committees, that is something that's very time-consuming and tedious at the end of the day. And, Carlos, well, this, this comes to mind. This comes to mind also, okay, uh, I'm going to say probably about maybe 12 years ago, uh, I was at North Carolina A&T, and I was the associate athletic director, probably more like maybe 15 years ago. And we had a football position that was available. Uh, we wanted to hire Doug Williams. And our president at the time, uh, and I think Doug was working with Tampa Bay, I think, I believe, at the, at the time. 
you know, in the front office, that sort of thing. So our president at the time wound up going down there to speak with Doug. And, you know, naturally, uh, we couldn't come to a agreement with Doug to bring Doug to A&T at the time. But Doug made a recommendation for somebody that we should hire who shall remain nameless. And that hire took place okay, and took us into one of the worst times in A&T football history. <laughs> wow. So, uh, you know, you kind of really have to kind of weigh those things in terms of, you know, taking recommendations from quote-unquote star players, star coaches, and all that sort of thing and stuff. And, you know, so nobody did their homework on this hire. They just went with the fact that, well, you know, Doug said that, you know, we need to, this is the guy that we need to hire for our program. And, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't work out well. So, you know, that, that kind of lent itself to me that, you know, when you're taking recommendations, you still got to make sure that you do your homework, I's and T's are dotted and crossed. You know, prior to you just saying, well, you know, Charles Edmund recommends this guy, I'm going to bring him in and, you know, we, we're going to roll with it like that, that sort of well, interesting point, and I know the last couple of hires, Coach Banks was given the leeway to, you know, bypass having those big committees. What you said in the past, it has been that way. I've seen it. Um, but the last couple of hires, it basically cut those committees. It's basically his decision, and I guess it's, you know, ultimate decision and um, a, a, a very short, 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 short committee. They gave him permission to make the hire. And so to your point on this one, again, if it comes to that, I'm thinking it's going to be the same process. Because when you look with Coach Dooley, he was given leeway to, you know, the short, well, I don't want to say short circuit, but get straight to it. And that was the money maker, the football decision. So I think he still will have uh, that, that leeway to do it, in my opinion, if they make the decision to hire uh, another men's basketball coach. Um, I'm kind of monitoring some of the uh, comments in the chat room. Some saying it's a, it, it, it's a no-brainer. You got to make a move, but we shall see. Um, Wheeler, a five-year time frame, isn't that a, a enough of a period to, 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 to make your evaluation and, and go with a decision? Oh, definitely. No doubt about that. I mean, more, you know, I've always said that. You know what you have by year three. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you know what kind of coach you have at that time. By the time the roster is – pretty much 70% his, uh, you know, you, you know what you're bringing to the table, that sort of thing. So, yeah, to have had five years to get it done, I don't think mm -hmm. it's unrealistic to have expected not just a championship in that five-year period, but to have been in the hunt maybe at least two to three mm -hmm. of those years. When I say in the hunt, I mean being in that upper third or being in that one-two slot on a regular basis, 
uh, you know, not that you have to win a championship every year, but yeah, five years, you have more than enough of an opportunity uh, to, you know, really show me what you can do, that sort of thing. I, I think, you know, like you were looking at the winning percentages and you had him at, from Southern right at 59%. I think historically you were kind of alluding to the fact, you know, he wins at a 60% clip. So he's pretty much right where he is, as Bill Process says, you are what you're right says you are, and, uh, you know, obviously Carlos, he's a 60% uh, winning coach, that sort of thing. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we have to decide, is 60% enough? And, you mm-hmm. know, for the Southern faithful, you have to say no. Uh, you know, from an athletic director's point of view, you know, you want to be closer to 70 maybe 75% or above. You that know, was my that, number. That would be, you know, that would be satis- more satisfactory on on a yearly basis, and uh, so there all all the reasons are there, you know, to really make the decision that that you need to make, you know, and like I said, you know, winning kind of helps overlook, and it shouldn't be this way, but it is kind of help overlook some poor graduation rate, kind of help overlook some poor retention rate. You know, kind of uh, uh, helps overlook some behavior problems in some instances, you know, not, you know, bombing the campus or something of that nature. But, you know, winning kind of overshadows all that. But those things on a positive note, 100% graduation rate, 100% APR rate, uh, you know, outstanding citizens and, you know, things of that nature, they sound good to the general public, but they're not going to overcome the lack of winning. So mm-hmm. while winning helps overshadow some of the other things, those other things can't help you okay, overshadow the fact that, that you're not winning. And you know something else? I'm, I'm going to get your guys' opinion on, on this. If I'm not mistaken, Southern University led the conference in, in attendance, you know, basketball attendance. So you could kind of see the disappointment because that has been the issue. Even people have brought up looking at the swag basketball tournament uh, for this year, the sparse crowd. Now, look, look, we know in this geographical blueprint, football is, is king, even with attendance. But what does that say, guys? If Southern University led the conference in attendance, and I want to say it was maybe four, between three and four thousand, you can now see the disappointment that they, they they've come out, and you see a team once again, January doing well, February just downward. I it, it I guess guys is that a, a factor that. A.D. Banks will look at, at, at as well as part of the overall body of work. Somebody can answer it. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it'll be a factor, uh, some a small factor, but I think if he moves on and the team is winning somewhat, um, I think the fans will still be there. 
Um, I mean, yes, it was it was good crowds at the F&G Clark Center. I was there, Alcorn and Southern. I saw the Alcorn Grambling um, deal when the Grambling came down there. Um, I, I did think it was some good crowds. I think that will play somewhat of a factor, but I do think the overall product, where the program is right now, will determine whether or not he, he stays. I, I think attendance to Mike, to me, is a small factor. I don't think it's the the big factor. It is a small factor in it. Attendance was up. But if 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 you still don't get to where you think you should be, how long does that last? If people think, well, we'll be 11 and 7 or 10 and 8 and fizzle in the first round, then people the next year will say, well, it's going to be the same old, same again. I might just back up a little bit and not attend. So I think that's a small factor, but not the biggest factor. Well, uh, I guess let me well, well, let me let me uh, rephrase this, guys. We see what has happened. We we talked about how they nose dive, but I think it gives the fans a even more added energy to say, "Look, we came out and we supported the basketball program." Because let's be honest, you. We've talked about it before. Attendance-wise, everybody would like their numbers up from from an AD perspective. I know, I I know this. I'm going to say for a fact, but I think it just gives more animosity, negative energy, when you led the conference in attendance, and once again you nose dive. But not to Charles' point, you may see them not come out as much next year, if the same people are in place. I, I, I don't, I, I think the Southern faithful are, are going to be there pretty much through hell and high water. Uh, I think that's just the nature of, of you guys, fan base, that sort of thing. Naturally, you know, if there is a prolonged period of losing or not doing well, then you're going to see some, effects of that, you know, from, from a negative point of view. Mm-hmm. But uh, historically, I, I think the Southern fan base has pretty much been there through thick and thin. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm like Charles with that one. I don't think that that particular aspect would rank really high on my list of reasons why I need to change. I need to change coaches. Yeah. Uh, uh, because, you know, initially, you know, you got the newness of the new coach coming in, the curiosity factor, that sort of thing, you know, so that may help bump things up a little bit, uh, you know, and then hopefully as, you know, that coach continues to improve or the team continues to improve and, and do well. And, you know, we look at, you know, 60% clip, uh, Carlos, ain't necessarily bad. It's just no. ain't Southern University standards you know so there are probably some schools that would take 60 percent and and kind of be glad with it you know a a, mm-hmm. a 10 and 8 or you know uh uh 11 and 7 or something like that you know at, at some swag schools that that might would spell success you know and spell <laughs> contract extension you know it just so happens that you know at southern and maybe at a few other schools you know, you got to be closer to 70, 75%, 5%. you know, for people to really, really kind of buy into, you know, what's, what, what's going on. So 
I mean, 60% ain't necessarily bad, like I said. It's just not up to Southern University standards. You know, and there's probably a few other schools that probably say the, the same thing. But you, are, you have some schools that are probably still for, for 60% uh, uh, winning, winning percent. You know? Yeah. And that and that's why I think Carlos, this is a risk this is a very big roll of the dice uh scenario for Roman Banks and the administration. Um so if you look at sixty percent clip, you got eighteen conference games, you're looking at eleven and seven, anywhere from ten and eight to eleven and seven every year in conference. Not good enough. Not good enough. Not good yes, enough. That's, so you're talking I, I, about that, that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, so you're looking at 10 and 8, 11 and 7 every year. Maybe 12 and 6 is a little bit of a, a bump there. Like this year, huh? Yeah, that's – and, you know, you were in first place. You, you lost 4 or 5, 5 or 6, whatever it was, and you dropped to a, a 5 seed, I believe. Um, so you're a top, you're top part of the league. Um, I, I think, you know, and just thinking about it, just, just look, doing the numbers on it, it's going to be a really intriguing decision either way. And I'm looking at some of the responses, too. Someone, I saw responses said, if you let them go, you're taking steps back. Some people are saying that pull, pull the plug now. I think it's, a, I think it's becoming clear that it, it's going to be a difficult decision either way. I don't think it's going to be an easy decision no matter what. If you, if you extend them and, and look, and, and to, to my question, when you get a one-year extension, if you're on a one-year extended deal, and I'm learning this, and Wheeler Brown kind of brought it to my attention a couple weeks ago. When you are on a one-year deal, is that pretty much spelling the beginning of the end? I mean, if you got two years left and you win and you get a one-year extension, you still got two years. But if you're on a one-year deal, extended deal, it's either all or nothing. Either you got to get it done in an elevated way, and if you don't, that's it. I mean, so it's so to me, I'm learning a little bit about that, how – if you got three years left, that's one thing. But when you're on a one-year deal and didn't get extended to a two-year deal, you're pretty much running out of time, if not run out of time already. So he's kind of, you know, can you explain that to me? We were about a little bit in terms of that extension when you're on that. Does that mean pretty much that the confidence level is low? It's just a matter of not if it's going to happen, but when a change is going to be made at that point. And, Carlos, how does uh, Coach Banks – uh, one loss percentage compared to Coach Wood. Now you, you gave me another assignment. Yeah, you, you, you know, you've, given me, you've given me another assignment, <laughs> but 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 not having it in front of me, I'm willing to bet that Banks has a slight edge. But okay. we shall see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. You just give me a homework assignment. <laughs> And it, oh, 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 okay, that 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 was a thought, but uh, <laughs> I, I've seen some people say, "Well, you know, it's going to end up being both gone," because to your point earlier, you were talking about they're tied at the hip. That's that's his hire. So mm-hmm. again, it comes back to what decision will he make. I, I've given my opinion what direction I would go. That, that's just me. I, I I would thank him for his contributions to Southern University basketball program. But uh, I 
I would move on. That's just Whatever me. decision he makes, Carlos, he's got to make it soon. Time mm-hmm. is of the essence, you know, so he can't take these next two weeks and think it out and then say, you know, through careful deliberation, you know, we've decided X, Y, Z, that sort of thing. You know, we know these things are already on his mind. You know, he already has that matrix out there in terms of what he was looking for, expectations, so forth and so on. You know, either you meet those expectations or you don't. You know, either, like I said before, either you all in or you all out. You know, but you got to, you know, you got to make a call and you, you got to make it, you got to make it pretty quick. Well, I'm, I'm just looking it up, Carlos. Um, Roman Banks Coaching Career Conference. I guess we can look at conference. 2011 mm-hmm. through 2017, he was 77 and 31 in conference. That's 71% winning percentage. So if mm-hmm. you look at what he did as head coach, he won two championships in 12-13, round of 64, in the playing game in 15 and 16. So he won – in conference at a 71% clip. More to my Sean liking, Willer. And Sean Woods is 11 or 12 points below that. So if you want to use the data to compare and contrast, there you have it. Not quite, didn't even get to the, you know, to the round there, get, didn't get to the, to the the big dance, all of that. So if you want to look at that, you can look at that. The numbers clearly indicate that. Mm-hmm. Say, say it again, how many? Well, yeah, uh, and you know I didn't have the numbers. Thanks, Charles, for looking that up. But uh, I, I did say, not having information in front of me, I would give Coach Banks the edge. And compare and contrast, that has been such the case. That's been the case. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. Hey, I'm not saying it's an easy job. Will, you're a director of athletics. You know the pressure that comes with being uh, an AD, with being a coach. I'm only just a host of a sports talk show. I can only give my opinions and then try to give the facts. Um, If I was in his place, I already know what my decision would be. I just stated it, what I would do. Now, on the women's side, Coach Funches, people have asked me about, well, it's time to evaluate his situation, he's playing for a conference championship. He's been part of a conference championship. Guess we'll look up his record as well. <laughs> Evaluation. But um, I, I, I think he's in a much better place. And even if they lose today, I still think um, you go in and look at doing something for, for Coach Vonchez. Now, if they would have lost in the first round, they didn't. Then you still would evaluate at the end of the season. Am I right, Wheeler? Every year, that's what you do, like an exit interview. Yes, there, there's no doubt about that, Carlos, at all. You know, now, how long has, has this person been there? That's something. Um, you know, I guess it's a lot of years. I'm, I'm going to say at least four or five. Okay, okay. A long enough, may, long may, enough time maybe to, more. to have a, a decent body of work and long enough to be able to say, you know, whether or not this person is going to be the one 
moving forward. Yeah, you know, so I mean, you definitely want to, you know, look at, uh, you know, contract situations and, and things of that nature. Uh, see what's left. You know, does a championship game appearance warrant an extra add a year to what's already there? That sort of thing. I mean, if they got two years left, does a championship game appearance kind of give you a one-year rollover, that sort of thing? I mean, that's some things that, mm -hmm. you know, from AD's point of view, you know, you, you want to look at, you know, prematurely, uh, you know, to, to kind of decide in your mind exactly, you know, which, which way you want to go. You know, so, you know, you're always looking to see if you can, uh, you know, keep good people, you know, if you can, whatever it takes to keep good people. And, you know, when you realize that you made a mistake and you got a person that maybe is not so good, you know, as much as it pains you to say that, you know, maybe I kind of messed up on this one. Nobody bats a thousand in the in the hiring game, you know, nor should you have to feel like you have to bat a thousand. Nobody bats a thousand. But the key is once you recognize and realize that this may not work out, you know, what are you going to do about it? You know, are you going to sit back and just hope that things work out okay or next year gets better? Or are you going to be proactive and uh, look to try to make a move or acknowledge that, you know, this one didn't work out so well. Hopefully I'll do better on the next go round and try to keep it moving from there. And, you know, something's always been intriguing. I, I think me and, and uh, Charles debated this over the years. Rollover extension versus just a, a, a pay raise. It, are those two tied together, or could you choose one or the other, Willer, when deciding on, say, say for instance, at the time, Coach Fivery, his first year, or any coach, you do well in the first year, you already have a contract in place. Is it best to uh, give a, a rollover or extension in this time, or is it better to just go in and say, hey, we, we want to give a pay raise if we can afford it to the coach and his staff? Uh, for me, Carlos, I, I take the rollover. I think mm -hmm. it's more security uh, with, with, with the rollover uh, because you're talking about a year's worth of salary. Uh, if I give you like a raise or something like that, you know, it's probably only going to be a few thousand, you know, maybe five, maybe 10 or what have you. But it's not like I'm extending your entire salary for another for a year longer. So, you know, I, I, I would think that the rollover would be much more attractive, you know, to, to most coaches. You know, because it gives how, how you a little long? bit more job security, that sort of thing. What's uh, a good number? Say again, in the first year, you do you exceed expectations. I, I guess I'm kind of fearful or leery of rolling over, say, a five year extension. Oh, well, I no, think I, I don't familiar. think I don't think you I don't think you ever. I ain't gonna say ever, but I don't think you almost ever want to look at. A, a rollover pack, and that depends on how many years they have left on the contract. You know, mm -hmm. if they have two years left on the contract, 
then giving him a, an extended year really gives him three, you know, three years left on that contract, which to me, you know, is 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 more of a job security type motion, that sort of thing. If they have one year left, and then I'm only going to give them a one year rollover, then what is it that I'm really saying about hmm. whether or not I really want you to to stay around? You know, I mean, you gotcha. might be doing a decent job, that sort of thing. But if I'm doing a decent job and I'm going into the last year of my contract, why are we not working on another three years as opposed to you giving me a one year rollover? You know, so that says a lot about the, the situation, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, you also got to be mindful if I'm a first year coach and I'm dealing primarily with somebody else's kids, and I come in and I do real well, okay, does that mean I should tack on another two years to the to the end of the deal that I've already situated? <laughs> you know, because I really don't know who you are yet. You know, just the fact that maybe you did a good job with somebody else's kids. You know, so, you know, you really got to be mindful of the entire situation and weigh everything in its entirety, you know, prior to sticking yourself out there and, you know, deciding which which way you want to go with that. I was going to pick well, up Charles. I, 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 I think Charles, Charles, Charles would add two or three years on to, uh, onto that contract for the first year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think the state of Mississippi law will, will prohibit me from doing that because the most, I think Wheeler Brown was around at Jackson State with this, the most a coach can get in the state of Mississippi is four years. That's mm-hmm. the most at, at any point mm-hmm. in time. So for Landon mm-hmm. Bussey, for example, Landon Bussey got an extension after his first year because it was a COVID mm-hmm. year. We lost 12 games due to COVID. Okay, so the president obviously felt like it was an incomplete resume in her mind because of losing all these games due to COVID, didn't play the games. So then mm-hmm. he comes back and wins two straight regular season titles. My get, I think he got an extension last year after winning the regular season last year. I think he may get another extension this year. In order to keep the contract fresh three or four years, I think he'll, he'll have that again this year. So I think it just depends, some of it on state law, some of it on philosophy. You know, you just, you, I think, as you said, Mr. Brown, I think coaches would love that security of having an additional year, knowing that you're a little bit more comfortability in continuing to build mm-hmm. a quality product. I think coaches would take mm-hmm. the one year, of uh, the one year extension as compared to a raise. Now, you can get both. If you win the regular season, mm-hmm. you get a little bit. You win the tournament, you get a little bit. You go to the NIT, you get a little bit. You go to the NCAA tournament, you go to the first round, win that, you get a little bit more as you move up. So I think coaches probably have the best of both worlds in that situation. They'll get a little bit of a bonus, and they might get extended too. So I think most coaches in this league probably have both of those tied into their deals. But I think if you had to choose one, I think a coach would rather have the one-year extension to give them a little bit more cushion, as compared to the to the dollar amount that's tied to it. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Willer. I agree. Because I agree. Because I agree. yeah. So and I've always just, been one, Carlos. That you yeah. know, I've always shied away from a lot of the things that 
I'm paying you to do in the beginning. So I'm paying you to win. Sound like I'm somebody else I know. <laughs> I'm paying you to graduate your kids. I'm paying you to retain your kids. You know, so when I look at some of these contracts and I see uh, a $5,000 bonus for a 980 APR, a $5,000 bonus for a 3.0 GPA, a $3,000 bonus for winning the conference regular season title. Ain't these things I'm paying you for in the beginning? <laughs> Charles, Charles, he sounds he sounds like somebody we know, Charles, from, from the yeah. past. Oh, trust me, there are a lot of fans that I've talked to to this day, even as recently as last week about a contract extension and winning. And like, look, you're, we're paying you to win. We're paying. This is what we're paying you to do. So yeah, the Wheeler Brown's <laughs> point. There are some people who feel the same way that he that he feels. You're supposed your kids are supposed to graduate. That's what you're supposed to do. But I think in today's society, I think in today's world of athletics, coaches get rewarded for that because there's this assumption that coaches are supposed to, you know, put their student athletes in that position to do that instead of it being a part of the basic requirement of the job. It's an added duty of the job, and you get paid for that added duty. So I, a lot, there are a lot of fans, may not put it on social media, but a lot of fans have talked to me about that. Like, this is what we're getting, you're getting paid to do this. Why are we giving them an extension or paying them more money? But that's just the nature of the business in college athletics. Like or dislike, that's just the reality. Yeah, you can't be I mean, if you want to pay somebody, if you want to pay somebody, Carlos, pay the tutors. You know, pay the class checkers. Play the mm. people that are running behind Supplies. these kids and making sure that they're doing the right thing. If if you want to reward somebody, these are the people that you need to reward. How, how about the compliance offices? The, the added that's uh, true. definitely athletic definitely. athletic uh, resource positions. How about the position definitely. coaches? Oh my, mm-hmm. the position mm-hmm. coaches are underpaid yes, in most indeed. cases. Now we're talking about on our level. I'm not talking about the upper echelon. So. Mm-hmm. It's all needs to be some adjustments made. But, guys, it's been interesting. We've uh, talked about contracts, extensions, from the AD's perspective, from a coach's perspective, Charles Edmonds' perspective. And uh, I see uh, people in the the, uh, chat room adding their opinions uh, to this uh, conversation. We've gotten you guys' predictions. Coming up at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2023 SWAC Women's Tournament Championship, Southern University against Arkansas Pine Bluff. On the men's side, it'll be Texas Southern and Grandma State University. And Willa in the MEAC, some finals. We don't talk uh, as much MEAC as we should, uh, but um, Howard, Norfolk State, some intriguing battles have taken place in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, but it's it's March Madness now. It's tournament time. This time next week, we'll we'll know a little bit of, about who's going where, who's going to be in the play-ins. I don't know if it was Charles or someone last week talked about it looks like the winner of the SWAC will have a playing game against the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. That will be exciting in itself. So as a conference... Yeah, as a conference, we need to continue to strive to get better. So hopefully one day 
one day it will have an opportunity to add some at large bids. I know a lot of work to be done. Charles, close the comments. Yeah, yeah, quick, quick, quick. I think if Grambling wins the championship, there'll probably be a 16 or 15 seed. If Texas mm -hmm. Southern wins the championship, they're going to date. Six, 16 seed. Okay. Yeah, if Grambling wins it. If Grambling wins it, 16, 15. They had a winning record in non-conference. Mm -hmm. uh, they beat Arizona. Big State, wins. You know, I think if, and, and, and they were pretty good in conference. But if Texas Southern wins it, then I think they're going to Dayton. That's just, that's just my prediction. I, you know, I'm hopeful, but somehow, and, and what you said, you're correct. But I put it this way, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, they're still in the play-in. But the record says otherwise. I understand that. We'll close the comments, and we'll wrap this show up. Well, Carlos, as usual, it's always a pleasure to, you know, be with you guys on on Saturday and, uh, you know, getting to be a, a recurring thing, which I like that. And, uh, you know, uh, looking forward to, you know, the, the next opportunity to, to speak with you guys and, and give my viewpoint. It's an opportunity to, you know, put some things out there from an administrative point of view and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, pass along some words of wisdom or words of not so wisdom and you know uh, look, looking forward to continuing to, to be with you guys uh, as often as possible well we appreciate you uh, coming on and um your perspective uh, appreciate charles uh the, the opinions and knowledge that he brings and um also want to thank all of our guests today and of course melody behind the scenes um we're we're still working a work in progress and uh we we uh we want to continue to to do well so with that being said we appreciate everyone tuning in make sure you join us next saturday at 11 a.m uh, charles that's a little bit <laughs> earlier there 11 a.m central standard time to 1 p.m <laughs> standard central standard time for another edition of the carlos brown show exclusively right here on the black college sports network and once again, I want to thank, if I didn't, Melanie, behind the scenes, producing today's show. Until next time, peace and God bless. Go Jaguars. Go SWAT. Go HBCUs.